Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up and welcome to the Mitchin. We are a weekly food podcast coming out of Sydney. My name is Andrew Levins and my co-host is Mitchell Orr. Yo, are we still weekly? Are uh, we still doing it? Yeah, we're every week. Oh, wow. It comes, it's sporadic throughout the sporadic, week. Sporadic, yeah. But uh, it's difficult uh, trying to get everything you know out on the Tuesday. Mm. We're managing. It's coming out every week. You're managing. I don't really do anything. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, apologies for the insane drunkenness of the last couple episodes. We thought we would do something very different and do a sober morning episode <laughs> and talk about the most sobering thing happening in Sydney at the moment, and that is discussions related to the lockout laws. Uh, joining us today, we have a good friend who has uh, spoken about the lockout laws in the past with us, uh, one of the owners of Fratelli Paradiso, uh, Tim Williams Street. And uh, a soon-to-be Fratelli restaurant in uh, in Tokyo, right? Tokyo, Omitazando. <laughs> uh, Geo Paradiso rejoins us again for the third time at the Mitchin table. Good morning, Paul. And uh, coming very soon, we have uh, the leader of the Keep, Keep Sydney Open Group, uh, Tyson Co. I think I can hear him now. I think he just arrived, so he'll okay. be joining us any moment now. But first, Geo, before we get to all that depressing talk about lockouts, let's talk about Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo. So Tokyo begins. Uh April, end of April. Mm-hmm. Sorry, slated to open on the 28th, 29th of April. The great uh, machine that is uh, Japan mm. is... Might well, actually not, be on time. But <laughs> uh, it will be on time, apparently. It's like a six-week build, which is... They said, oh, sorry, it's going to take that long, but... It'll try to be a miracle. <laughs> it's, it's six weeks, yeah, oh, no, nah, mate. Nah, don't think nah, so. No, nah, that's not going to happen. You can't get a bloody plumber out nah. of six weeks, mate. <laughs> That'll cost you a fortune. <laughs> so, no, that, that all happens end of, uh, end of April. So, uh, we're in the process now of uh, doing a bit of trading, and we've got our manager for Tokyo already here with us. And so, um, uh, our ex-chef Toshi, who uh, moved back to Tokyo two years ago, is going to be running the kitchen there. So you know, it's been a long process. You know, it's been about three years in the making. So you know, we kept saying pretty much no to our the Japanese partners. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we needed Japanese partners because we couldn't nowhere ever afford to do anything like yeah. what we're going to do there, here, or with our own money anyway. Um, so you know, it's. It, it took a while for us to say yes, pretty much because, you know, we just wanted shit done our way and they were a bit sort of hesitant, but they came around and it, it just sort of all the boxes just kept ticking, you know, with Toshi there and, you know, getting the right management mm. in, in place and 
you know, it's it's just pretty much going to be, you know, food what's going to be, you know, Fratelli Paradiso or Flatelli Paradiso uh, <laughs> over there. And, you know, we're going to run the same wine program. So 90-seat restaurant, 50 seats in the bar. So it's pretty big. And mm. the area is pretty cool. So, you know, and it just gives... Gives us a chance to go to Tokyo every yeah. five weeks yeah. and go there for four or five days, and you know we've got full creative control. You know, it's a, it's either our way; it's everything is done the way we want it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm pretty happy about that. So, I, be- I believe they're going to fly us out to cover the opening lives. Oh, very oh, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're going to we're going to we're actually it's going to be a live cross so. <laughs> over Skype, <laughs> over Skype. Shit. So, we'll, yes, the mission in Tokyo for the first time. <laughs> uh, from a food perspective, is it going to be closer to Tim William or uh, probably no closer to Fratelli Parody? So sure. there will probably be uh, there's going to be elements of Tim William Street in there, probably maybe in in the bar, like with the bar menu. Yeah, right. Uh, but. It will be closer to Fratelli Paradiso. So, calamari. You know, calamari is there. Keep paying the bills. Keep paying the bills, yeah. putting the kids through school. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so, the, you know, Fiorentina, you know, well, all the classics, the lasagna and, you know, all the pasta dishes. So, it, it's, you know, we, we've just been working on, like, you know, just, or just some of the sourcing of ingredients. It's pretty much just mainly the, like, the meat's all going to come from here. And um, all the rest of the stuff's pretty sweet over there. But, you know, apparently uh, fennel is a commodity over there. Yeah, right. Mm. Really? Very hard to find. Very hard to find. Can't find fennel. We'll have to send you some in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, have you uh, already started getting excited about putting that drinks list together? Your drinks list is go with, uh, my, with Matt. Uh, Matt Young and Mattia from Tim William Street with, uh, yeah, having a lot of fun with it at the moment. So we're, we're getting some of the stuff. Is going to be some, there's a couple of things which are surprising, not in Japan at the moment, like things like Valunite, but um, some of the are stuff. Are you going to import your, your own th- stuff they as will, well? They will import right. for us, yes. Right. So we've pretty much emailed who we want over there, but we've already met quite a few of the um, importers over there and some just great booze over there. It's, we're really lucky, very lucky. So yeah. Awesome. Well, look forward to... Uh, where in Tokyo is that opening? Or Metazando. Oh, okay. So, uh, Metazando is sort of on the Aoyama sort of border. Oh, yeah. It's sort of like a high-end sort of, up, sort of fashion-y area. Yeah. So, it's, it's kind where, of... Where quite all the Isabella Moran yeah, all that is. It's opening a nice ceremony. Area. It's sort yeah. of opening ceremonies across the road. Yeah, and, right. You know, Supreme's just behind this. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's all. Mitch is covered. Yeah, well, I'm covered. I'm totally covered. <laughs> Imagine covered, when, you, when you do that live cross, we actually, we can get to actually Supreme to sponsor the mention. <laughs> Don't tease me, Gio. <laughs> so Tokyo, got a great nightlife over there. You know where it doesn't have a great nightlife? Sydney. Hey, from yeah. Keep Sydney Open, it's Tyson Co. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> Welcome back to the Mitchin. Thank you very much. Uh, just days after the second Keep Sydney Open rally, which was uh, a success. Yes, it really was. Um, yeah, look, um, 10,000 people on the street. It was a beautiful day. Great speeches, great performances, a good spirit. Uh, it was quite urgent this time, I think. Mm. Uh, the tone of it was different from last time in that last time we were just putting our foot forward and the movement was just getting known to a wider audience and we asked the government to consider our position in terms of alternative solutions and other ways to enliven the city but this time uh, because there's been a few indications that they're not willing to go far to repeal the lockouts so um, so the line was is that we didn't ask this time we are telling because um, because I think it's unacceptable to allow the vibrancy in inner city precincts of this city where people live and work and play and put their heart and soul into 
for them to just be sold up the river, you know. There are, I just came in an Uber here today uh, along Oxford Street and just seeing all those shops that don't even bother opening anymore mm. or, mm. They're, or they're for, for, for lease, lease, you know. The, these guys have got rent to pay, you know. And just this morning, uh, an article went up on Daily Telegraph. I'm not sure if it... Mike Baird, the Sydney Premier, went on uh, commercial radio yesterday or this morning, was it? I think he was on the grill team, maybe. The grill team? Yeah. Oh, boy. It goes the hierarchy, the Mitchin, the grill team. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle and Jackie O. Um, but uh, he announced that he is going... You know, after giving it some thought, he, he is going to make changes to, to the lockout laws. They're tiny, tiny changes. Yeah. Frankly, I almost think it's worse than him doing nothing. Mm. Almost because <laughs> yeah. because it's it, it, basically like the the lockout is you you can't get into a club after one thirty. Uh, he's now going to extend that to two a.m. That's right. Apparently, I don't know when, but if it's only certain venues too, they have to be live music venues, and apparently that does include DJ. So I'm, I'm fine. Uh, and then uh, extend trading hours until three thirty, so half an hour longer, which means nothing in the. Like I've said, like for most people that own nightclubs, you, the time that you like up until three a.m. you're pretty much covering your costs. Yeah. it's from three to five a.m. that you are able to make a little bit of profit. Yeah, mm. you know. But uh, what a lot of people also forget is like you know, in restaurants, you know, having that, you know, okay, we and they say, oh, you know, it doesn't affect us, you know, you know, closing at midnight. But you know, since the lockouts, you know, what we have noticed is our. 10, 10 30, 11 o'clock trade. We you know we used to be yeah. like really pre lockouts. We, we'd have a buzz. 11 30, quarter to 12, restaurant's still full. Midnight, the restaurant's still full. Yeah. That's that's cream. You know, that, that, that 10 30 to 12, where people are in there still enjoying it, you know, uh, ha- having had dinner, few, you know, a few more drinks, another bottle. And, you know, there's the buzz. You know, there's mm. that really great atmosphere in the restaurant. Mm. Since the lockouts, we've slowly, slowly lost that. That, that vibe, that feeling, because people le- are leaving at 11 o'clock, I've got to get somewhere, got to get somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, there, there's some of the effects of the lockouts, which people don't, you know, you know within the restaurant industry, which, which people haven't realised, so, mm. which have really affected a lot of restaurants around town. That's right. Um, I very rarely mention nightclubs because, to me, I think the problem is a lot deeper than that. It's the totally. entire precinct yeah. because restaurants, particularly if you're one of those restaurants that um, do accept people off the street, you are reliant on foot traffic. Yeah, that's a big a big turndown of just the general amount of people around the area. People just don't go out anymore. Yeah. It's almost people as if like, that, that's the biggest problem at this lockout, or the, these laws and the fact that the press have been talking about it so much is it's almost discouraged people from, yeah, so from, from being... An Active the, nightlife participant, you know. Yeah, there's yeah. the big, the you know, it becomes a like an apathy or resignation. So, oh, what's the use? What's the point? Yeah, you know, it's like, completely you know, changed. The you know, I look at my daughter. Okay, she's sixteen, but she's got you know. Why do I don't want? I don't want to go out. You know, it's just like you know, she'll you know walk past you know like a. Uh, a bar and you know, like a sort of club bar all those pubs she goes I don't you know when I turn 18 I don't want to go anywhere no, too bad here's a fake ID and some exactly I'm looking at a bunch of people sitting in a, in a, in a sports bar you know is, is that a night out that's not a night out there's no you know what we're forgetting that you know we're starting to lose subcultures too and what, mm. what, what you know it's like you know you, okay we can have you know a heap of venues open, but you know what's happening. We're starting to lose subcultures. You know, you know those niche subcultures. You know, if I'm into punk, if I'm into in, into like emo, if I'm into you know disco, if I'm into you know all those little subcultures are slowly mm-hmm. disappearing. You know, it's like, and we're starting to cater for this mass sort of 
culture of just shit. nothingness and shit, basically. So, yeah, look, uh, completely, completely agreed. And I think another factor there is just when you have that those restrictions lifted you do allow for more risk taking in terms of uh, a, a business model um, in terms of musical genres but also in terms of um, drink and dining as well because what we're seeing also is that when you've got um, an operator who is interested in both having a bar and a restaurant or maybe a club is that because you're restricting the hours then instead of um, there being um, say some nightclubs everybody just crowds into what little space is left over that is sanctioned by the city mm-hmm. so instead of having a late night bar um, you've got more bar operators getting into the restaurant space which means that you're competing for the same slice of the pie in terms of a market and it's a small fucking pie to start with mm. yeah the pie is getting what do we call it pie yeah um, they also allowing strip clubs to stay open and allow entry and that kind of thing? Uh, I don't know what's going on in terms of these new policy recommendations, but where strip joints were discussed was when there was a Supreme Court challenge which found that there were loopholes in the legislation that allowed um, strip bars, where a lot of them, I think, operate under theatre licences, for them to be exempt. However, a lot of those venues pretty much got strong-armed by the police. I just had a chat to a venue operator last night who basically said the cops came around and said, if you don't abide by the lockouts, even though legally you're allowed to trade, we will shut you down. We'll shut you down, yeah. Even on um, Daylight Savings this year, um, so obviously the, the, the clocks go forward um, Cops, licensing cops Showed up to every venue in Sydney I played at two venues that night And they were told um, So at two o'clock it becomes three o'clock If you were trading past that point We're going to fine you Yeah. So we had to stop all parties at 2am this year Effectively mm. And really, wow. really putting a strong like uh, there's the, yeah. the, 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 the power that these licensing police In which they will just straight up say Do this or we'll fine you And the fines are enormous Normal. Yeah, it's quite scary because it's extrajudicial and mm. to a big extent it's a phenomenon which has occurred which is called indirect censorship which is where there is an opinion among law enforcement that they don't like a particular kind of culture and while there's nothing legislative to be able to shut it down they can use little techniques and uh, and coercion to try and force the hand to get the result that they want. Yeah, we I've seen that with a few different parties friends are throwing and i've heard different things of that kind of thing happening where there's nothing other than the police saying we don't like this group of people that come to this event so we're going to shut it down it's explicit i've heard some police for example in bondi i've had reports of people who want to put on um like reggae day parties where the mm-hmm. police have said well we don't like reggae yeah because there's a lot of pot i love there's a lot it. of pot <laughs> <laughs> oh yes <laughs> and um and uh you know same with house music dance music too so yeah. you know gee sorry really proud of that one. Oh um, yeah me too i'm just like this okay, is I'm your best one quite a while <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um even one day who you had uh on perform at the uh, the rally on sunday one day uh the crew comprised of horror show and spit syndicate joyride um, who is who sings the, the the theme of the mission every mm-hmm. week live? Um, he their party was shut down by like cops from and 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 council, cops from different councils. Like they were, they're talking in between, say don't let this party happen, don't let it happen. Yeah. And but it's, it's during t- the day. Yeah, it's a day. Yeah, it's it's a, a day party. party. And instead of it's like it it's about like I don't know if you don't like something, work with that thing to make it 
closer to what you want it to be. Mm. Don't just shut it down because you're only going to create more of a distance between yourselves and and, and more tension. Exactly, and more tension. Mm. Yeah, look, uh, it's this is this is the deeper issue here. It's a culture war, is what it is. It's a culture war, and I think it's the people who are at the very top of the food chain in both the New South Wales Police and also the New South Wales Government. Mm. And now Queensland has followed in hot pursuit? Uh, Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, it'll be really funny how they react to... Um, to this relaxation of the lockouts even by half an hour because they implemented theirs pretty much two years after New South Wales did mm. which um, which what I was saying because I was being interviewed by quite a few people in Queensland I was just like well you had an opportunity to gaze into the crystal ball yeah. have a look at New South Wales now people are only just getting up in arms about it now the Premier's mm. just losing approval rating points based on policies like the lockouts and yet you're and, and just also every other policy yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and you're just walking into the jaws of the of the lion you know it's ridiculous uh, i kind of think that whole half an hour thing it's it, it, like we said before they just don't do it at all it's, it's not even worth having yeah. that half an hour because you're just basically still putting it's almost like you know it's like you know if you go out at night and there's that plan i'm going to go out i'm going to have you know a great night but then it doesn't you know you can't sort of yeah, put any limitations on, mm. on anything you don't know how 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 the evening is that once you start restricting anything yeah. you you lose that freedom to sort of really express and i might want to go out i might want to go out and just go listen to you know half a set i want to go out and go have a quick conversation, have a cup of tea, ha- have one drink, or you might go out and stay up to six in the morning and yeah. just, you don't know, you know, it's like once we've got the, all these limitations, oh, okay, you've got half an hour more, great, what, cool. what, yeah. what, what is half all, an hour going to achieve? All it is is a marketing ploy for Basically. him to then be able to go, we are in conversation, we are looking at it, yeah. and we are open to doing things, we really is not doing fucking anything. And the danger is that a lot of people will read it as, oh, the problem solved, or Absolutely. they relaxed yeah. it, and they think that there's nothing left to fight for, because yeah. something else that I've learnt since I've been doing this is that a lot of people don't even read articles, they just read headlines. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, the morning of the march, I was sort of walking around Potts Point and just kept bumping into people, and and even sort of through the week, are you going to the march? What's the vibe? And a lot of us were sort of worried that apathy had set in and it's like, fuck, no matter what we do, you know, no one's listening or whatever. So what's the kind of point? So to see 10,000 people turn up again is pretty fucking yeah, it's amazing. It's a great day. Yeah. Mark, we, we had a really, you, know, uh, the only, oh, you know, I would have really loved to what? have seen. <laughs> Sorry. What? That's how I got really stuck. <laughs> Can we start again? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the day of the march was pretty. It was, it was a great day. So, um, but what I would have loved to have seen, kids under eighteen. You know, I would have loved to have seen like fifteen-year-olds, fourteen-year-olds, sixteen-year-olds in there be, being a part of it. I kind of think maybe this whole media attention has sort of given those kids sort of a, they've become really a, apathetic to it all. Totally. You know, so they need to rebel. Exactly. Mm. Come on, put on an outfit. Shouts to Hongi for bringing a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, that's the danger. I think a lot of people who are fired up about this are uh, around their mid to early 20s, I think, Mm. because they had a little bit of time without the lockouts. And, you know, in terms of people's expectations is that that those, um, those boundaries just become smaller and smaller and then they become accepted as the new norm. And, um, and that's the danger with a lot of younger people, I suppose, is because they just accept these limitations, oh, um, which is a big shame. Look, yeah, look, um, I do get really 
frustrated with um with with how potentially it will turn because essentially yes it is a bit of a war on culture and then if they do succeed in hypnotizing younger people into accepting it then it kind of means that um that everyone's lost Mm. um and yeah i look um i just want to you know shout out to utopia really because i think there's no records though no just like the concept the concept (laughs) because because what's What's so frustrating is that these things that we accept as necessary in Sydney or New South Wales just does not fly, like even across the Victorian border or in many cities across the US. So Melbourne's going the complete opposite direction. Opposite direction, and they're taunting us over it. You know, someone actually set up a like a a, a light up like car and parked it on Oxford Street that was like don't light lockouts we don't have them in Melbourne <laughs> and it was advertising a Melbourne venue yeah that was one of the best signs I saw yeah, was someone just wrote all, all my mates have gone to Melbourne yeah. and it breaks my heart you know mm. I mean I think that's a city that gets it right and, and what I mean by utopia is that they think okay what is the ideal scenario and the ideal scenario is where Everything's open, people are eating, people are dancing, performing, enjoying themselves, and then you make that work. You reverse engineer the steps you need to make that work, and here, they just went for a curfew. Mm. Yeah. What do you say? Because the the, the biggest problem I think we face is people that do only read headlines. Like, even... I put up the photo that that went viral at the last uh, rally of uh, me and my son and my wife holding up a sign that said, my daddy and mummy... Uh, met in a nightclub at 2am which we stole off some friends who are also the same story as us um, and I put it up and it went like you know everyone, everyone hitting, hitting that motherfucking like button but I got a comment from some normie asshole that was like you fucking bastards causing havoc in the city your protest is stupid and the lockouts save lives hashtag selfish <laughs> on a comment of a two year old on a photo of a two, with a two year old in it that fucking bastard Archie <laughs> it's all his fault but I mean there is that like it, there is that idea in in people outside of our bubble that that these lockouts are entirely successful. They are saving yeah. lives. Yeah, but people don't realize that the, the, the deaths didn't happen within the time that the curfews. Exactly, it's like on. You know, everyone's been like coerced into thinking like you know anything that post midnight. You know, all the bad shit happens after midnight. Yeah. It's like I don't understand why this whole nighttime viral, this nighttime culture and economy is, you know, it's still just slowly just going to shit in Sydney. Is mm. What are some, like, I mean, I know you have a long list of things that you would ra- like, we'd rather in place instead of the lockout laws. And I'm sure you've memorized it by now, so just quickly go. Oh, instead, okay. <laughs> well, look, um, policing strategies, for one thing, it, it, it won't even require extra budget. I mean, the police currently, they go inside the venues. That's not where the problems happen. And venues have their own RSA, their own security, you know. And also, so venues and party runners are happy to talk with police and work alongside them. We yeah. just don't want to be told that what we're doing is not what should be being done. Well, that's right, you know. And, um, and basically, I think a lot of operators and licensees have been... Uh, shamed by a lot of quarters of the public into saying, you know, that they're irresponsible and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I mean, if for no other reason, uh, licensees and operators are responsible because it's good for business for them to be. Uh, And so they need to get the police, they need to get outside of venues, they need to get on the street because all of those um, punches, etc., even though they're rare, when they do happen, they're always out on on the the street. street. Uh, two is public transport. That's a no-brainer. But there's a few other things as well, like, um, you know, kind of boring things, like a lot of venues could um, start using an electronic... 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Incident reporting register that's linked up to um, um, to police. Currently, it's um, it's just a, a black book that's handwritten. Um, there's things like greater CCTV coverage, which even though that, um, a lot of people um, get freaked out by that, but ultimately um, it is a good thing, particularly when when it is publicised. You've got things like diversifying the nighttime economy, making restaurants, galleries retail stores stay open later which encourages more people on the street mm-hmm. more activity uh, a more diverse crowd um, look so many things I mean when they talk about um, bad operators where is the um, the effort to try and clamp down on these supposed bad operators if there are bad o- operators find out who they are conduct an audit do any of them have any underworld ties if so then get rid of them if there were underworld ties well who approved that in the first place? And that's the problem, is that when there was an issue in King's Cross and in Sydney was when a lot of these operators were tied to the underworld and they were allowed to get licences because because they were paid off by the... Co- you know, because they paid the cops off. So, you know, it, it's a mess of their own doing and they're not even taking the steps they need to, um, to alleviate that. So, yeah. Oh, and obviously, there are so many other things from public transport to. Yeah, to, honestly, yeah, it's hard for me to pick a few. Yeah, because obviously, the, the, the Keep Sydney Open Facebook group is uh, the best place to head to if you want to see Tyson's long list of things that we better than the lockout rules. Mm. You called me up a little while ago with uh, an idea of uh, how we get the restaurant scene a bit more involved in the Keep Sydney Open message. And uh, are you comfortable with us talking about that here? Um, yeah, I think so. Why yeah. not? Look, um, it's just a, it's just an idea for now. I don't know if there's um, widespread support or not, but uh, there definitely is. We we I had a there was about ten of us during the last episode uh, from all different mm. uh, restaurants all hanging out in the same uh, at the Dolphin on a, on a Monday night and talking about how much we hate the lockout. Some of them work within the casino, and uh, you know the. the so go with your idea, but there is definitely support. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, look, um, it's it's just a way to activate the um, the restaurant and food community, which I think has been 
largely left out of this conversation, um, even though they are greatly affected. We mentioned earlier, for example, because of uh, the decrease in foot traffic, so there's a direct impact upon their revenue. Plus, you've got things like um, chefs who finish up work late. What are they meant to do? Exactly. You know? Staff morale. Exactly. They can't go out. They can't no, go out and have, have beers with their mates after work. That's the o- that you've got to wind down. That's where, where all, the, all the best ideas come from, all the best yeah. bad ideas come from. There's been a bunch of, bunch of chefs and waiters hanging around after work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, so what we want to propose is get a bunch of restaurants together, and I'm not talking like, you know, five or ten, I'm talking like 50, 100 restaurants, to declare themselves a bed-free zone. Because, because, you know what? I mean, what I have heard is that there is quite a bit of support within the government and the Liberal Party to get rid of the lockouts, but Mike Baird is not listening. So this isn't by any means an anti-Liberal or anti-government sentiment. It's purely directed at Baird to try and get him to listen, because so far, over this whole debacle, he's proven that he's pretty deaf to the plight of various industries. And and proudly deaf. And proudly deaf as well. You know what makes it more frustrating is his big backflip on the greyhounds now too. You know, that was a couple of weeks and he's already changed his mind because of who knows what pressure from the industry and probably because they don't make they make mess, less money from gambling taxes, etc, etc, etc. So it's kind of a kick in the face, really. Yeah, the thing that's frustrating there is that, um, look, I'm I'm actually officially neutral on on the Greyhounds issue. You know, I mean, the the Facebook page just hit 55,000 followers and it's a broad church. Some people agree with the ban, some people don't. It's not our issue, so not getting involved. Uh, But one thing's for sure, the Greyhounds ban was deeply unpopular in rural areas. Mm. The reason why the government got... Um, got rid of the ban was because Troy Grant was being threatened within the National Party in terms of his leadership of the National Party and it looked like the um, that the National Party w- was going to lose the seat of Orange at the by-election next month, that they were going to lose by, basically lose their whole margin, which I think was a 21.7% swing. So... It was deeply unpopular out there, and so because of their standing in the rural communities, um, uh, Baird was willing to backflip on that. Now, the reason why I'm so upset about it is because you've got the issue of lockouts which relates to the inner city areas. Now, you've got millions of people that live in the city, and... So many people come here from other countries, tourists, you've got people like international students, and then you've got all the people that just live and work here. You know, it's a metropolis. And the way that you make an economically uh, vibrant metropolis work is when you let it operate night and day. You know, that's where these cities around the world are turning. They're looking at ways to improve their nighttime economies, not to wind them back. And so it's like, okay, so let's 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 look at people in the bush but what about the city where the majority of people are which is the major economic driver for new south wales you know i mean it's just it, it's bad economic policy it's plain politics with the issue and i think mike baird if he thinks that he can just shut people up and keeps any open up with with a measly 30 minutes he's got another thing coming so your idea i don't know i don't you've got to get out of here so yeah. Tyson called me and said, we want to make like signs that say Mike Baird is not welcome here and have people in restaurants put them up on their front wall. I said, Excellent. let's lighten it a little bit and make it a bit more of a... So Mike Baird is not welcome here before 2am. 
<laughs> Perfect. It's like if we could, as long as people don't get you know having a bad free zone with a beard free zone, <laughs> we'd have no customers. <laughs> we'd have no customers. But no, I'm all for it. If you if you if you want to start putting it together, we'd support it, and uh, we'd more more than happy, you know, go along for. It. And I'm sure there'd be a heap a heap of other restaurants that definitely get into it. I think we can have a great time with it, so yeah. why not? And these chefs and restaurateurs, uh, you know, night, uh, nightclub owners, anything like that listening. Especially if you're in Manly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shouts to Puppy Chulo. Do you reckon there would ever, Mar- and Maryvale venue would ever be a bad free zone? That'd be pretty hot. I don't know. But uh, let us know, facebook.com slash the Mitchin okay. or facebook.com slash keep Sydney open is the, is the, uh, the, the address. Um, do, you, cool. do you need to run out of here? Yeah, I've got to go. I've got some calamari to serve. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the top We'll go quick, quick photo before you run out of here. Yeah, sure. Very important stuff. Sorry. Guys are taking, t- taking a live selfie on the mission right now. Levens is really a dad. He has to take a photo of every event in his life. <laughs> um, cheers, Gio. Cheers. Yeah, Gio. Great to meet you. Just so you, you, can, you can catch Gio online, Instagram.com slash Gio Paradiso. And uh, that's it, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously, Tim Williams Street and Fratelli Paradiso. See you, mate. And uh, if you live in Tokyo, stay tuned to uh, April for the uh, Fratelli restaurant opening there. Tyson. There's lots of places to go out in Tokyo after 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 two a.m., three a.m., four a.m. So many places to go, and they're all so great. Everyone's so having such a nice time. They say an Geo. It's so it's so wild though, isn't it? Like the amount, of, like it's it's taken Sydney off the map of, uh, as an international city. Yeah. You know, like it's a laughing stock. Absolutely, but it's just yeah, it's so baffling though. Like I feel like that it, it's. It's like he 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 wants that to be yeah like that, that Sydney only exists like in the daytime. Look, uh, I don't think Mike Baird knows how to wriggle out of this one. I think that he's been misled on a few different fronts in terms of safety and what's available to us to achieve it and statistics and all that kind of stuff. And I think uh, he. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I just don't think he's that engaged with um, with with what happens within these inner city precincts, you know. And um, and I think um, he's relying on the advice of people who also aren't 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 really aware too. And um, and it's a really big shame, you know, a big because we're all here. We're all doing something, whether it's you know DJing or running campaigns or in bands or in you know starting restaurants and bars. We're all doing our bit to make it happen, you know. So. Let us do our job. And if the climate is the, continues the way it does now, you discourage younger people like ourselves from doing the DIY thing, starting something... Re- like, you know, there's no way in hell another Jimmy Singh would open something equivalent to Good God mm. in the current climate. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely not, you know. And, um, and that's what's, um, what's a really big shame is that I think the people... Uh, and, and, and a lot of the artists and creatives and chefs and baristas and everyone, you know, like we have the answers of how to make this city great and, um, and, um, and, and we're just not being given the chance. And so I think, yeah, when people do get um, frustrated after a while, then there will be that talent drain, that brain drain to other places around the world. And like, yeah, you know, we'll always have the beaches and, and you know, I'm sure the property prices will always be expensive. But in terms of that feeling you get when you walk around where, you know, things are inspiring and you can, you know, get, get, get inspired by, 
you know, little vistas and little things that you see on the you know, within the streetscape, that's going to be lost. And so the people who are here, who who are going to be working and earning, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, there's just going to be no um, creative undercurrent to that to make it appealing in a way that I think um, can. Um, you know, make business and the economy more innovative because I think a lot of, even in the really dry um, world of finance, I think a lot of um, that, um, like financial systems and also um, the services that you get in New York City, there's a lot of innovation there. And I think there's a lot of innovation there because the people that work in finance are also inspired by the city too. Mm-hmm. So, so they're, you know, making startups and new apps and things like that that can... Um, that can um, service them better, which is based on this feeling of community that they get within their city. We don't have that here. So, yeah, sorry, I get really ranty and I've just had like half a coffee. And and you're you're talking to the public as in your official role has gotten stronger and stronger since since you've continued on this road. Yeah. It was amazing to see you address everybody the other day. You you, you know, you've got the lingo, the hyperbole down pat. Yeah, (laughs) uh, look, you've got to get a little bit Trumpy, you know. <laughs> You've got to, yeah. You got to, you know. I mean, like, I did, I did decide that um, that I, you know, I am angry. I am angry. You know, I'm we frustrated. Yeah. You know, th- th- this directly impacts on me and my friends and and and, and the next and the generation of you and your friends. Like, yeah, that's right. You know, and it's and it's this genuine desire to make the city more inclusive and um, and fun for everyone. You know, I think that's been a big big mistake here is that we put firstly we've shamed fun mm-hmm. so so you know even this whole talk about live music it's because a lot of people are just too afraid to admit the fact that we just want to have fun you know totally and in other cities you're allowed to do that whereas here in sydney it's like if you admit that you want to have a good time and that you maybe do want to stay out until four or five that somehow you're that's shamed for that yeah. you know and i think that that's something which needs to change and um and I had another point that I can't remember. <laughs> you were you were recently in Europe. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Germany or um, uh, I was Amsterdam. Right, and you you had actually had a meeting with the nightmare there. Right? Correct, correct. Yeah, and he's going to be here next month. Awesome. What are his roles? Well, his job is to be, uh, I guess, a sounding board for people in the industry and also people um, within the official um, city hall office and, uh, and, and yet yeah, residents in industry. So, um, so when problems arise, it's essentially his job to mediate between those disparate groups and problem solve. Uh, and it's at arm's length of, of government and it's supported by industry and it's been supported by um, you know, restaurateurs and alcohol groups and all that kind of stuff to, to fund it. And I think a key thing there is that he has the respect of the daytime mayor, who's, I, I suppose, the Clovermore equivalent, mm-hmm. um, because as soon as you have someone whose specific job description it is to make the nighttime economy work, then you end up with results, because at the moment no one has that job title here. When uh, the local elections were lower last month, I was like so terrified of Clover not getting, not getting back elected, yeah. and that when 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 it you know it turned out she won by a landslide. It was like oh my god, it's about everything's about to turn around. Yeah. Like it really felt like a, hope. a real turning point. Yeah, yeah look, um, and it and it still might be because there are a few um, 
regulations that happen at a local government level that the city is responsible for. I just had a fantastic meeting last night with, um, with a bunch of people. There were representatives there from um, Purple Sneakers to Time Out to, you know, some of the one days were there. Myself, Mark Gerber from Oxford Art Factory and plenty of others. And, um, and it was a chance to have a direct line into the councillors to, um, to I, I guess, express some grievances between those operators and um, industry um, and what they had been experiencing in terms of, you know, for example, Bearded Tit, a bar that was licensed to go until midnight and then all, all of a sudden overnight it became 11pm. I think because of one or two residents potentially. That's such, it's, yeah. and that's such an incredible cultural pub. Like, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And then so to be able to sit around um, a table like that with two city of Sydney councillors who will then in turn do their best to try and make sure stuff like that doesn't happen, work mm. out where where their powers can be flexed. Um, I think is really fantastic and then it would be really great up in trying. I have had meetings with state government as well but to have a little bit more of a d- direct line in there too. Look, um, I think Clovermore and the City of Sydney are doing what they can but uh, there's only so much they can do. Totally. Do you think it is possible that we'll have a nightmare? Uh, I'm not sure. I know that that concept was um, was definitely... Um, was definitely uh, considered and even applauded by some of the government regulators. Sure. So when I went to the Nightmares Conference in Amsterdam, there were a couple of people from state government there, um, not ministers or MPs, but, um, but, but bureaucrats were there. And so they were learning about that model of having a, a nightmare there too. So there's definitely interest. What about a nightmare before Christmas? Ooh, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, we might have to get uh, Tim Burton here to uh, <laughs> speak at the next Keep Sydney Open rally. Um, what can uh, listeners do uh, to support you in the future? And have you got anything that we're working on at the moment that we can, uh, you know, kind of plug? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I guess keep the conversation happening. Share all the posts on Facebook, like the Facebook page. Um, our Instagram has been going gangbusters lately, and that's been increasingly um, important to reach out to, to our followers too. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, Twitter. You know, I'm not that great on Twitter. I can never master. Twitter. A lot of people have asked if they can volunteer. Is that a, is that a possibility too? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, volunteering. We don't really have that much. Um, need for volunteers un- um, unless it's it's rally time. Uh, potentially, yeah, maybe we should embark on a firing campaign. You know, I don't have a lot of this sorted myself, but mm. um, but look, um, I mean, it really is a grassroots campaign. If you've got any, um, if you've got any ideas, for example, when we had the campaign to put up some plaques outside businesses that closed down, which were linked to. Um, artists and DJs who had their start in those venues, which has actually just been nominated for an advertising award. Yeah, yeah that's that was right. Great. Yeah, for, that was a, really for an integrated campaign advertising well, award, a global. Well done award to, that. to Jono Siler for putting that together. That's right. You know, I mean, that was Jono who 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 approached me, basically floating that idea. You know, I mean, I don't have all the ideas. Um, a lot of people listening now, I'm sure, will have thought about this ad nauseum and be able to think of ways to contribute to keep Sydney open. So if you've got any ideas, I mean, my emails, it's up there. My emails on the website, it's just Tyson at keepsydneyopen.com. So, 
um, get in touch and um, and go from there. But absolutely, you know, I I think showing those numbers, whether it's at a rally or particularly on Facebook, mm-hmm. I think is is really important. Yeah, and uh, give, if you know if Tyson doesn't write back straight away, just give him a little bit of grain of salt. You know, he's very busy. Uh, I'll, I'll read you the uh, <laughs> the messages that got him to be on the episode. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> hey mate, well done yesterday. Would you have time to do an episode um, of of the Mitchin on Wednesday with some chefs who are big behind Keep Sydney Open? Then uh, how long three was hours the wait? Passed. Three hours. Hey, dude, I know you're busy, but if you could let me know if you have any time to record at any point this this week, that'd be great. Otherwise, I'll organise something different for this week's episode. Then tomorrow is what you wrote back. <laughs> oh, sick. What time? Five hours later. Can you do 11 a.m. at Acme? Uh, then 11, like 11 p.m. So six hours later. See you then. <laughs> and then, yep. <laughs> at half past midnight, I believe. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, yeah, look, you I mean, get there. <laughs> I, I've just gone on leave. I do have a day job mm. and I've just gone on leave. So yesterday was my first day of leave, but I had a bit of media to do around oh God, Keeps in the Open. Here. And then I had to type some loose ends at work. So I, I was actually at work until half past midnight last night so on your first day of leave yeah so you know it's it's thanks levens (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it is yeah i mean you know i i get a lot of requests to help out with um university projects and things like that you know journalism students honestly i I just got one this morning i always get i always get asked yeah and you know i was really diligent with them up until um i guess maybe about two three months ago but now it's yeah it's really tough unfortunately it is it is quite difficult and yeah it's tough because the campaign has to a large extent built up around me and there's a couple of reasons for that it's because you know a lot of people are busy like they're just not prepared to put in that time but also because the media has made this all about personalities they've yeah. kind of made this into a play you know almost a theater performance where it is about personalities with Mike Baird and you know maybe Scipione and maybe the Kelly family on one side and then it's me and Jimmy Barnes and you know <laughs> I know where I'd rather be you on the other you yeah. know and and so yeah it's it, it's kind of turned into this in, in into this play with with characters and 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 they have made this about personalities it's really opened up my eyes to how the media operates because I think they do just want to um, run with a narrative and then just fit people into those yeah. into those roles. Who would you like to play you in the inevitable Broadway production of Keep Sydney Open, the musical? Oh, that is a good one. Um, maybe um, university papers aren't asking you that one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like because we have to go with plausible, right? So they need to be. <laughs> so they have to be Eurasian. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who's Keanu? Um, who? Keanu. Oh, Keanu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Keanu. But um, I was also thinking of, um, you know, Joseph. Um, um, what's his name? Um, Levitt? What's his name? The, Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt. Gordon-Levitt. Gordon yeah, yeah. Maybe someone like that. him. I can see that. Yeah. We'll look forward to that if you live in New York. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, of course, you can uh, you can find Keep Sydney Open at facebook.com slash keepsydneyopen or just keepsydneyopen.com. Keepsydneyopen.com is the website. And then there's also... Oh, look, pretty easy to... To, uh, to look up if you just type it into Facebook or Instagram it'll be the first thing that pops up and well done to all of our listeners who uh, attended the rally on the weekend or, or gave their support from elsewhere in the country um, there was an insane amount of people from, from the food service world uh, at the rally that I, that I saw yeah that's right you know give yourselves a voice uh, yeah thank you so much honestly it was amazing Mitch you got anything you want to nah. put through no, no. how was your holiday 
It was very good. We can talk about it next episode. Okay, maybe. excellent. Thanks so much, Tyson, for joining us again. Thanks, Tyson. You can find uh, The Mitchin online, facebook.com slash The Mitchin, or send us an email to The Mitchin Podcast at gmail.com. Shouts to everyone that has asked us questions recently. We've got some questions. We've got some good we? questions, so we'll uh, answer those in the future. One of them uh, was from an ex-guest, Ryan, who, uh, who just asked, uh, how do I record my own version of the Mitchin in Napa Valley <laughs> well, <laughs> so, fucking right <laughs> um, but uh, thanks so much Tyson and uh, we'll uh, hopefully have you on in a more positive note next time yeah definitely see you guys it's the Mitchin Podcast hey this is Levins thanks so much for listening to the Mitchin if you're not completely sick of my voice by now why don't you check out one of my other podcasts one of them is called Hey Fam and is about comedy and pop culture and dumb shit the other one is called Serious Issues and is all about comedy books. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at my website, yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support and see you next week. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.